To be a wordsmith is defined as a person who writes, an author, a journalist, a person who commits their thoughts to paper. But I believe it is so much more. The ability to craft a story, to change lives, to transport the ordinary life to an extraordinary place, to put words on paper and awaken the imagination in ways that the reader never dreamed possible. Yes, to have the ability to see what isn't there and make you see it too. To awaken the senses in new and amazing ways like feeling a cool breeze on a hot summer day on your cheek. To smell wildflowers as they bloom. To taste a delicacy on foreign soil. To feel like you've never felt before. Touching places long forgotten. Connecting your soul in new ways. That's what writers do. It's my pleasure to host Carolina Writers Speak, a new podcast, a chance to hear actual writers' voices, hear what inspires them, experience their trials and their struggles, and realize that we all have a story and it's worth telling. Good morning, I'm Rose Cushing with Carolina Writers Speak, and my guest today is Dot LaMotta, and Dot lives in Garner, and she's written a couple of children's books, and she is very active in our writers group. So, Dot, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm anxious to hear about your uh, books that you've written, so tell us about your children's books. Okay, well, the very first book I did is called The Adventures of the Crumsby Cricket. And it's this little storybook, and it teaches contentment. And I published that in 2020. Okay. And it's just a little story about an adventurous cricket who takes a journey alone looking for some fun and excitement. But this little cricket, he soon discovers that there's a big world out there that's not as safe as this humble little thicket. And he soon meets some friendly and unfriendly critters on his way. And before he gets safely back home. So the story is in poem form, which is the first time I ever did that. Uh-huh. The illustrations are big and beautiful on every page, and the book includes some uh, fun facts in the back about crickets, because I did research on them. And I have a puzzle, I have memory questions for the kids, and there's three poems about crickets. So, and that I had fun doing. Okay, did you want to read us something from that book? Where art thou? 
Are you creeping inside the sleepy hollow tree to hunt for your dinner of ants, leaves, and seeds? A new day is dawning. As you scamper to hide, no song do I hear. It's so quiet outside. If you want to find me, said Cricket so shy, just wait for the moon to peek out from the sky. Look for dry leaves, a fallen apple or two, and that's where I'll be, sipping the evening dew. That is so pretty. That's the one poem I have, and there's two others in there. Beautiful. Memory questions, too, because if the child is too young to read themselves and they have to be read the story, when it comes to memory questions, you can see if they paid attention and remember some of the things and descriptions in the book, which is kind of cute, you know? Yeah, definitely so. Now, you, you have illustrations in your book. Did you illustrate it or hire an illustrator? No, I hired an illustrator because um, I'm a writer, but I'm not an artist. Right. And this first illustrator came from Istanbul, Turkey, believe it or not. Wow. And he was recommended to me by uh, another writer that I know. And uh, I had wonderful experience with him. And he just made corrections and revisions the way I wanted. But he came out with his own versions of everything, the size of the cricket, the, the uh, how they looked, how they ran. And he added his own creativity in the story, something that I would not have thought about doing. Right. So, yeah, you have to give illustrators a little room, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, a little leeway to use their own creativity in doing things that you can't think about. Yeah. Right. So I was very happy with him. Awesome. And you self-published this book? I did because, you know, it was my first book, and I didn't think it was – I could get it published, you know, traditionally. Right. So I use self-publishing, and um, I did do some research. And believe it or not, I I hired people on a team uh-huh. you know, because um, I can't do everything myself. Right. I didn't know how to do things, right? So anyway, I did the illustrations, the, the uh, editor, the formatter, and a printer, and I used local people that I know. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, it was the best thing I ever did because <laughs> I can't do everything. You can't do everything yourself. No, you can't. It's a learning process for me, you know. So for all of us. What I did, I formed my own little tradition, my own little uh, team of people, and I'm so glad I did. Awesome. Now you have a second children's book. I do. The second one was called Oliver the Octopus. And the spooky ghost. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of, it's really a cute story. The first one, the cricket book teaches you contentment. This book teaches you honesty. Okay. So I take this little um, octopus. And if you want me to read the first couple of pages or so? Yes. Okay. Well, this is about a, uh, a little octopus. And I did my research on octopuses, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Here starts the story a little bit. This is not in poem form, by the way. Okay. So it just starts off with, Today was the exciting sea creatures oceanic talent contest. Everyone was practicing their talents, except Oliver the octopus. His eight arms hung down a sunken rowboat like overcooked spaghetti. His eyes drooped sadly. Soon, Dolores the blue Italian starfish swam along and said, Ciao, Oliver. 
What are you doing for the contest? Nothing. I don't have any talent, replied Oliver sadly. Why don't you juggle something with all your arms, said Dolores, trying to be helpful. Oliver's sad eyes lit up. He smiled and was excited to learn a new talent. So he started flipping, catching, and hiding seashells in his suction cups of his arms. He was a little clumsy at first, but he didn't give up. Dolores was happy she helped her friend learn a new talent. Then she scurried off to practice her backward cartwheels. Later, Pierre, the French clam, came along, shouting, Bonjour, Oliver, or ah, Oliver, I don't have time to talk. I must practice my fancy twists and twirls. And off he shuffled, leaving a swirling cloud of sand behind him. Even Lorenzo, the Spanish lobster, was practicing his possibility dance while he clicked his bright red claws, clickety-click, clickety-clackety-clack, ole, ole, bellowed Lorenzo. Oliver shyly asked Lorenzo to teach him how to dance, too. See, see, said Lorenzo, I'll teach you the cha-cha while I do the possibility dance. Seeing Oliver still unsure of himself, Lars, the wise old German turtle, whispered, Oliver, we are all different sizes, shapes, and colors, but you must be brave if you want to learn something new. Surprise everyone, Oliver. And then he swam off slowly, never looking back. Now, don't go away, because something strange is about to happen. Now, I'm going to end reading this right here, because this is where I take the story, and I take Oliver out to swim in the deep, salty ocean water to practice. Okay. And this is where he meets the ghost and the treasure chest, and oh, oh, that's where it gets to be fun. All right. Well, you have to read the book to get the rest of the story. Yeah. But it's a very, very cute story. Yeah, yeah he learned something. His, his little oceanic friends are all different um, from different countries. So the child will learn different words in different languages toward the end. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, I even there's a page here and even how to juggle, believe it or not. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cute for a kid, you know. Yeah. Now, did you have this book professionally illustrated? Yes, I did. And, and I used our, our local illustrator artist right here in Smithfield, Judy uh, Siler Uh-huh. And she did a wonderful job. She was very, she was quick. And she made little minor changes that I liked with no problem. She did a beautiful job. And the front cover is of a red octopus. And uh, it's eye-catching. You yeah, know what I, mean? I would think. So, yeah. It's a, the, my, the colors in my, both my books are very deep, vibrant colors. So they're very eye-catching. And your covers are important. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the first thing people want to see. So... In your writing your children's books, what made you decide to write children's books? Well, several different things, I would say. I was at a convention up in the fairgrounds a couple years back, and there was a young um, author up there, and he had several children's books out. They were so cute. And, you know, when you write a children's story, Rose, it makes you feel like a little child again. Right. Especially fiction, because you can make up any story you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And, and I saw his books and he kind of encouraged me a little bit to go home and start writing something. And then I got out all the children's books that I had in my home at the time that I just read years ago. And um, I said, maybe I could just try something, you know? Yeah. And that's what I did. 
I did research, though, because, honestly, there is, when I go into a bookstore, there is not a book that is not already written on every kind of animal, bug, insect that's not already written out there, right? I know. So, <laughs> I know. It's all, so I just had to give it uh, my own story. I had to give my little cricket. I did research on both an octopus and the little cricket. And I looked up all facts and figures about each one. And then I just had to give my story my own, their own voice, if you know what I mean. Right. And my own story, and I gave them their own voice and their own adventure. Very good. <laughs> that's how I changed it. I, don't, I didn't know what to do. So it was fun. It was absolutely a bunch of fun. Absolutely. So did you traditionally publish that or self-publish it? No, I self-published both of them. Okay, um, good. Yeah, I didn't know how long you would wait for a traditional publisher, and some of them don't even answer you to give you a rejection letter. True. And I'm a little bit of an impatient person anyway, so... <laughs> well, it's not much fun. You know what? I wanted to learn the entire process myself and see my accomplishments at least within a year's time. Absolutely. It's not much That's fun. I decided to form my own team of uh, professionals, and they helped me along the way. Good. So. Good. So what are you working on now? Um, well, right now, I'm thinking of another children's book this year, and what I want to do is get the characters in the book, whatever they're going to be, my niece and nephew's names. Uh-huh. And I want to include my own dog's name in there, too, to personalize a little bit. Yeah. So I'd like to give that a try. And um, there's another thing I'm working on, which is uh, something new. I went out of the box, to tell you the truth, and I'm starting to write my own romance story. Good. It's going to be very short. It's not going to be a novel. Uh, it's going to be very short. And uh, But I'm going to try my hand at it. And uh, this year, too, I would like to try to get up a website. I wanted to do it last year. It never happened. But uh, I want to try doing it this year. Good. So I've got a few things in a fire going here. It sounds like it, and and the romance is a totally different direction, so that's that's fun. Yeah, and I'm studying, too. Good. It's writing, you have to study the good things to do and what not to do. In a Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> There's a, a good group in Raleigh, the Romance Writers Group, that you might want to think about going to some of their meetings and checking them out. Uh, I did go to one. They are a very professional group up there. Uh-huh. Most of them have several books written already, but they're novels. They're big. Yeah. I'm not at that point yet, so I didn't want to join just yet anyway. Maybe I gotcha. <laughs> I, want to, I want to get one little thing published first in, in the romance genre, you know? Certainly. Now, you're real active in the Johnston County Writers Group, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, I joined them a few years ago when we were still at the Selma Library, and uh, we were very small then. And uh, we were we were lucky if three or four people showed up. And it was nice, and we still had guest speakers. And uh, so that's where I started to get involved here. Um, and then I just grew with them over the years. Right. Uh, Cindy Brookshire was the, uh, Gary and Cindy was the leaders at the time. And now that group is growing a little bit because we left the Selma Library, and now we're at the Smithfield Library, which is a lot uh, bigger, you know, um, more inviting guests and we still have monthly uh, guest speakers most of the time and we're growing and uh, I think being at the uh, Spitzel Library is going to open up uh, and invite a lot more people in you know absolutely so excited
is writing in different genres, which is great. Yeah. Now, what do you think benefits you the most about belonging to a writer's group for folks out there that are considering it but haven't joined one? It's getting the help from everybody else, Rose. It's uh, because we can't be experts in every little field. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you have a buddy, a buddy to work with, uh, they could be a critiquer of your work. They could be an editor. They can help you this way. Um, and we're always there to help each other, which is great. We're not still a, a very big group, but we're growing. And you can call, you can call anyone up and yeah. try to just ask them a question. What do you think about this or that? Or what do you think I should do? And everybody's willing to help each other. And we belong to a critique group, too. Once a month, we meet in Selma Coffee Shop. Uh-huh. And whatever we write, we send our copies out to the other people. They critique it. Two weeks later, we meet in person, and we critique each other's work. And that helps you improve your writing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this is where we get support from each other. So I think it's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Speakers are wonderful, too. Every, everybody that we get in. Yeah, yeah. The Johnston County Writers Group's got a, a speaker this coming Thursday that'll be talking about writing with your five senses. And I think July's person is going to talk about self-publishing and how to do it, the pros and cons. Yeah. So I think it's a really good thing to join a writer's group. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's good. It's absolutely good support. It's free information. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because we all learn from our own experiences and you may not have gone through that experience yet. So we can help you that way. Sure. Or give you the courage to try a different genre. Yeah. And be surprised how creative you could be and brave you can be to try something new. Absolutely. I think so too. The the joy of writing is in the joy of writing. It's not necessarily in all the finished product. It's the experience along the way for me. Right. You know, in my first book, the cricket book, mm-hmm. uh, I have an author's quote that I made up myself, mm-hmm. and I said, "Never be afraid to try something new. We all have a bit of courage and curiosity inside us, waiting to come out to challenge and discover the unknown." Absolutely. So we could use it for ourselves, and I used it for this little cricket story because he was curious and he had to go out into a world he didn't know. Right. So, right. Yeah. Now, where are your books available for purchase? They are on Amazon. Okay. And on Amazon, they are twelve ninety nine for um, the book. It's a soft cover book, by the way. Uh huh. And it's um, six ninety nine for the Kindle. Okay. So if a person up um, in your address bar, you know, on your uh-huh. computer, if you type Dorothy LaMotta, author, the two books should come up. Okay. And if it don't for some reason, then just write Dorothy LaMotta, author, and then the names of the both books. Yeah. Which is, um, you know, The Adventures of Sir Crumsby Cricket, and the other one is Oliver the Octopus and the Spooky Ghost. All right. All right. Now, do you have a Facebook author page people can follow you on? It's a, I get it through Cindy, tell you the truth. She sends out the uh, Facebook advertisement. She does that. I mean, you personally. She does mention my book quite often. I don't do it myself. Okay. And uh, this year, I've got to get um, a little bit more with the advertising. Because 
become a little lax in that area, you know. Right, right. Well, we'll be doing some stuff on marketing this year, so that'll help you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So. Now, you've got two books down, working on a third. So what's some advice that you can give that you've learned along your journey? Okay. Uh, one of them is, I would say, throw out age out the window. Throw out your age. No matter how young or old you are, you still have a story to want to tell? Then write it. I published my first two books, Rose, when I was 82 years old. Wow. So I say write it while you're still afraid and learn as you go. Yeah. It was a challenge, an adventure, a learning experience, but it was fun for me. So I wasn't out there to try to be a New York Times bestseller. I wanted the experience. I wanted it to be fun. Right. I want my stories to be passed down to my little nieces and nephews. So I made it fun. But along the way, it was a challenge. I had to spend some money. It was a venture, and it was a learning experience for me. Right. So, and the, another thing, I was smart enough at the time, knowing that my talent was in writing. It was not in all the other fields. So I hired an illustrator, an editor, formatter, and a local printing company. And I know you had to buy an ISBN number. Uh-huh. I had to learn about that. Um, so, and I just said, make sure you have enough uh, finances. Learn, because all these people, they're going to charge something. Right. So, learn in advance what your possible budget will be. And then leave a little wiggle room for some unexpected expenses you don't know. You I know? agree. You know, there's a biblical script, scripture out there. You don't mind it's only no. one, only one sentence. Yeah. It's it's in Luke fourteen twenty eight, and it said, "For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it." You see, so in the beginning, you could find out at least three quarters of your budget before you do anything. Absolutely. And leave yourself a little wiggle room. That's all. Absolutely, I think that's really good advice, and you also have to define what what your end result, what your goal is, because it doesn't make any sense if you, if you're not going to have a heavily marketed book to spend $2,000 getting your book processed because it'll take a long time to get your money back. So you do have to, what is your goal for success? What, what'll make you feel like you made it and what can you realistically afford to commit to that? That's right. They have to learn all that. Absolutely. You know, there's so many people make a mistake they're, they're so excited with their first book that they order hundreds of copies. Right. It's not smart to do because you have to sell these books to get your money back. Yeah. So what I did, um, I only ordered 50 books. That's it. Yeah. Because I don't want boxes and boxes sitting in my garage that I can't sell yet. Right. So I only order 50 at a time, and then I wait till most of that's sold, and then I order more. And um, that's what I do. That makes so sense. You don't have to put out a lot of money. Yeah. It is cheaper. The more books you order, it gets cheaper per book. But I can't think that way all the time. Well, sure. It's a bigger... Yeah. Bigger output as well. So you do have to weigh it all out. Yeah. Think about what went well, what didn't go well. Yeah. Who worked well with you and who didn't. Yeah. And I made a little notebook, three-ring notebook of everything that went good and everything that needed to change in the future. That's very smart, Doc. Very smart. But, um, you know, I would just say, do do what you can do the first time. It's going to be an experience for you. And 
get yourself a good team of people that you can feel very comfortable working with, you know? Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's what I did, and it worked out well for me. All right. Well, I appreciate you being on the show today. And, folks, her last name is spelled L-A-M-O-T-T-A, Dorothy LaMotta. Look for her books. You won't be sorry. They'll make great gifts for your kids, and they might inspire you to write a kid's book as well. Any parting advice, Dot, that you want to share? I just say go for it. There you go. go. It's in your mind. Write it and go for it. Very good. Very good. As always, thank you for listening to Carolina Writers Speak. And if you have a guest or you'd like to be a a guest on my show, suggestions, just send me an email or follow us on Facebook, Carolina Writers Speak. Thank you. Thank you, Rose. Okay, have a wonderful day. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Everybody has a story. Just let your mind drift away and find yours. I know it's out there. What are you waiting for?